Hey guys, I'm Ryan Colt-Levy. Uh, you might know me as Jazz in Welcome to Demon School or Squallow in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and you are listening to Two Dads and a Podcast. Welcome to Two Dads and a Podcast. The podcast. There we go. A little slow there, just like me to get the, <laughs> the, the mic unmuted. So this we're, we're at another interview series episode, and we today are. we interviewed a really cool really cool he's breaking in more and more into the voiceover anime scene but definitely been doing voiceover for a long time yeah he's um, been he's been really heavy in the live action dubbing yeah which is really really unique and uh books on tape he's done a lot of but it's, it's ryan levy and he has a really cool personality a really cool outlook and i he, yeah, he's dude, it doing was some really cool stuff. It was like sitting down and reconnecting with a friend you haven't seen in a long time. He was right. super chill, super easy to talk to. And it, and it helps that we're in the same generation. We're in the same age group. And we'll let the, the interview do most of the talking for you guys. We hope for you sure. sit back, enjoy, and don't go anywhere. Thank you guys for, for having me. I'm, no, I'm no, thank you. Honored you, you asked. No, I really appreciate it. I mean, we've, we, we try and keep up to date on everything current, uh, mm-hmm. nerdy and stuff. <laughs> and, and a lot of that, we've both have, to, have had this weird obsession, which is like voice acting. I mean, cause I think cause we grew up on anime, it was, you know, tsunami and stuff was real pro. Oh yeah, for sure. And it was just that, you know, I, this is amazing. Like I, I would pay more money like they they put big names on top of movie posters so you pay more money for it because those names grab you i'm like i I feel the same way about these voice actors so i really want to get to know them get get to know who's doing it that way i can also follow your guys's what you're doing because it's always going to be good work man oh yeah that is that is so appreciated yeah and i mean that's kind of one of the big reasons why we started our uh we've since dubbed it our get to know series because you know you guys and voice actors and nerd pop culture uh people lack of better words right now (laughs) it's quite Um, all right tired dad i mean that's just who i am um (laughs) that's a (laughs) full-time job unto itself (laughs) that's right uh but you know you go to these conventions and it's always about okay the show the show the show the show the show you know what are you doing but not as many people just sit down and like get to know who you are behind mm. all those voices. So that's that's one of the things we like to do. So Yeah, so we want to know like what sort of got you to geek out in life growing up. Oh man, everything. Everything. I geek yeah. out. I'm I am I'm one of those people who I I've always been, you know, even, you know, I I'm, I'm I'm in my my mid 30s or early mid 30s. I don't know what you could say. I'm 34. Uh so growing up, <laughs> even when I was a kid, I was very much proud of being a nerd, even if it wasn't cool, you know, right. I, and I think it was, I just realized at an early age that anybody was a nerd about anything that they were passionate about. Yeah. You know, my, my friends who liked sports were sports nerds. They just didn't know that that was, you know, the, was the term. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think the um, sort of popular uh, joke is that fantasy football is just D and D for people who grow up playing sports for sure. <laughs> I mean, well, it's all that stuff. And, and I think, you know, now obviously we're, we've really seen how much of the lines are truly blurred because it's just, everybody yeah. just loves all this stuff, no matter what. And it was just this like bizarre, you know, kind of culture war that was created out of 
silliness back then. But right. I, I grew up, I loved, you know, film really early on was like my first like real hardcore nerd out on like, yeah, yeah. like it was funny because it was, you know, my parents were showing me Chaplin films and like, you know, a lot of like silent films and like early cinema that was very, you know, what a lot of kids I think wouldn't necessarily click to, but I was yeah. just immediately zoned in on it. And I just yeah. fell in love with the language of cinema, but I was equally, you know, I was watching Looney Tunes and all the cartoons like obsessed. <laughs> I would, I would watch anytime Bugs Bunny was on screen. I needed to have carrots. I, it would instantly. <laughs> oh, I know. That was. <laughs> right? That was the sound. You had and to. Like, so you could just. You know, like when Space, dark? Space Jam came out. <laughs> so, you know. Definitely. Uh, for, yeah. Like, and, and it was that thing where, where everything, I think for me, it was the first realization of it was everything that I was really fascinated by. I felt like I needed to connect to in some way. Right. So it would be stuff like that or, you know, any movie that I like whether it was animated or real life, you know, I would dress up as the character as a kid, you know, I was Alan Grant, you know, from Jurassic Park when I was, a, you know, <laughs> right way on. too young, you know, digging up dinosaur bones in my backyard because I was just like, they're here. I know they're here. You know, um, <laughs> you want to be video like games, that, you know, kid from like, uh, where was it? Oklahoma or something that found a dinosaur bone in his backyard. I always wanted, wanted to be to... that kid. Oh, I yeah. wanted to be that kid so badly. <laughs> My, my parents, thankfully, nurtured, you know, I like the amount of holes that were probably just like surrounding my my parents house at that time that I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. and they were totally cool with it. And I would like bring these rocks in and I would use their sink, their bathroom sink to like clean up, the, you know, just like dirt and shit off these rocks. And they're like, that's great. Yeah. As long as you weren't totally. using their toothbrush to clean it. With. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and video games, you know, from the start, I was playing Nintendo and everything, you know, before I could walk from what I remember. Yeah. And it was it was that thing where I, I I just think I loved storytelling in general. I think that was my my overall realization of what I loved and anything that was going to tell me a story I would gravitate to. And, you know, it became a thing where the first time I experienced like you know, something outside of my immediate culture zone, you know, in the sense of like, you know, you, you kind of growing up in, in New York, it's especially in the early 90s, it wasn't like anime was, you know, something accessible, you know. So the first mm -hmm. time I remember seeing something like that was um, on a school bus, on my school bus in like third or fourth grade. And a kid who was a year younger than me, but was on my bus route. Uh, was just, you know, back then it was like the, you, anybody who was on your your bus route, like you you made friends with people on the bus and you chatted right. on the way, you know? Oh, yeah. And um, he and I were both the quiet kids, you know, and there were always like the bullies and all the different things. So we were the two quiet kids on the bus. So we just kind of got along. And, and one day uh, he brought uh, Dragon Ball manga with him. Nice. And it was all in Japanese. There was nothing I could understand if I tried to read it, but I was immediately sucked in by the images, obviously. And yeah. I, I borrowed a couple from him. And I remember instantly like obsessing where I, I would follow the story just from the pictures alone because mm -hmm. it was so well told. And then I was, I was obsessed. I started drawing them and do, you know, like it was just this thing where I was like, this is a whole other language that I don't, you know, and I don't mean just, you know, the actual language. I meant the art style and the, the story oh, yeah. development. And it was like, I don't, I need to find out more of this. Um, and I loved comic books it was, as a kid, you know, so it was, I had a local shop nearby that I could walk to. And um, 
you know, I was already invested in the classics and stuff, but at this point I was like, wait, I can, they might have this stuff here. These are comics. Like, and it, you know, it, it mm-hmm. opened up that whole world for me. So I was lucky enough that at a pretty young age, I was, I was opened up to a broader creative world than just what we saw on, you know, the usual American TV stations and stuff. And then obviously right. the like Pokemon revolution and everything kicked in. And Oh yeah. That just you know. blew up. It actually kind of reminds me of when I was a kid, my brother and I, for whatever reason, our cable picked up uh, some foreign channels. And one of them was yeah. a Japanese channel that aired the, the Japanese dragon ball Z uh, so months cool. and months in, advance months in advance of what the U S was getting with the dubs spoiler yeah so we're watching and like no idea what they're saying but you know like you said it was so easy to follow the story because of the action and the way everything was drawn out and animated uh so yeah that was that was a huge thing um, i remember everybody else is watching like cell saga and i'm watching trunks and goten little trunks and goten uh, yeah dress up in a suit and (laughs) into the tournament like super far ahead but uh, (laughs) a lot of the exposure that we probably got on tv or video games was just a a little bit of neglect where the parents didn't actually know (laughs) what we were actually watching i don't think my parents would have been okay with the violence of dragon ball z at the time but (laughs) it's funny my parents were actually it, it was a weird thing where they were they were super aware but it was a sense of like i've always had a very very even when I was really young, a very, um, I still need more coffee. I'm thinking of the right proper word for it, but we're, we're just very open with each other. We've always been very open with each other, with our ways of communicating and our, our sense of like, okay, what is this and why is this kind of thing? And yeah. I think also because both of my parents came from a love of film and all this, you know, they, they passed down all of these obsessions to me to some degree. Right. So I think sharing it for them, I think when they saw I was invested in this stuff. Yeah, obviously there were, you know, I remember as a kid when Mortal Kombat, you know, first came out. There are <laughs> things, you know, just naturally that a parent will pause at. But I think that they understood, you know, also I was a very, very peaceful child. You know, it was I was very, yeah. you know, yeah, I was yeah. never showing, you know, violent tendencies or anything. So I think it was that, one of those things. That must have been our know. mistake. That must have been. <laughs> I, I had two older brothers and it was a lot of, we, we yeah. can't watch Power Rangers without kicking. Without fighting fight afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, t- I totally, I mean, I totally understand that. You know, I, I'm sure inside I felt all those things, but I, I just, I was able to have like, you know, an open dialogue a lot with my parents about yeah. stuff and, and they trusted me. And, you know, for me, it was funny. I had a bigger problem with stuff would scare me as a kid, you know, like I would watch things that would terrify me, but I couldn't not watch it. (laughs) So like I would ruin my own part. You know, it was like, they were like, yeah, he he can handle it. And I'd be like, I can't handle it, but I think I want to. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get that. My, my son's a lot that way. Him and my daughter love horror movies and I don't know where the obsession came from, but I I can't stop them from being watching it. Yeah. And it's, I love horror movies, but we didn't really like, we didn't expose them to it. It's just now with like Netflix, everything's at the click of a button. You walk out of the room and you come back and Santa Claus is yeah. elves. <laughs> yep. No idea where they found it. But I think there was also, it's, it's different. Cause our exploration was sort of through blockbuster and the movie. Rental. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Scrolling the aisle was a, yeah. was a thing unto itself, man. 
And oh, yeah. the kids these days, they have Netflix and YouTube. And my son found something called Masha and the Bear, which has since been dubbed into English. But at the time, it was just a Russian cartoon that he found on YouTube. And it was crazy. But the music was uh, sort of ethereal, haunting at times, but then sort <laughs> of like that Russian style at other times. And it was very interesting. And he got hooked on it. And he started talking to me at, at a certain point in some Russian words at the age of like three. And I, I'm, I don't know what you're doing. Man. That's so awesome. <laughs> well, you know, they, I've, I've heard from many friends who can speak multiple languages that one of the most efficient ways in for them was actually watching media in right. another language mm-hmm. because you just start to digest what things mean in the cadence and the way that it appropriates itself in, in the, your idea of what your language might be or you know like and right. it's really interesting to like i've always wanted to learn another language and and like you know <laughs> go like full rosetta yeah. stone so I, I i'm very curious about that and i do think obviously younger minds soak up information in a different way you know and oh, yeah. you know whether it's just having the <laughs> this space that hasn't been filled up with crap yet or <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, or that Having it's just the innocence you know. to um well and not shy away from it. You, you know, know that that's also true. Yeah. The 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 inherent kind of openness yeah before being tainted into having too much of an opinion one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Well in kids media too, you know, think you know, music and TV shows and stuff made for kids, it's simplified. So the language is, it uses much simpler terms and it's easier to pick up on. You know, if you want to learn Spanish, watch some Dora the Explorer. You're legit going to learn some Spanish from that, you know? So true. And, and it's, there's nothing to be ashamed of because it's like, you have to start at a rudimentary level. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ashamed because I can't even get that far. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't either. I'm dude. I'm lucky. I could speak English and my job is to use my, you know, there, there are literally times like, it's so weird because, you know, I did a lot of uh, like theater and on-camera stuff too in the before times. Yeah. And I, I plan to go back to that when I can. But, you know, I'm used to memorizing dialogue and, and internalizing it and digesting it. And, you know, and voiceover, you never have to memorize anything, you know, mm-hmm. like unless unless it's a thing where you really want to digest a line and, and like really play it to picture in that way. You know, you yeah. can, but you never need to. Uh, but it's funny because there will be days because you're just a human being that your brain, you know, is just weird. And like, you'll do a take <laughs> and I will be reading a line of dialogue and I will like change a word or add a word and like, you know, or whatever it is. And, and I'll be like, wait, <laughs> I'm reading it. And I, I just like made up some other sentence that's there. Well, you know, it's so weird. It, it's great that you have the confidence to throw the director and the sound engineer off to think that maybe they're wrong. Am, am oh, I- <laughs> no. See, I throw them off all the time. Other ways too. We, I, I love, I love getting, I'm very, I'm very fortunate that, that the, the directors and engineers that I've worked with are one incredibly talented and yeah, Two very very kind and um, giving of their their time and their energy, and you know they will let me you know they will let me be goofy with them, but they will also you know let me ask you know if if it's a thing where like you know I'm I'm very much uh, the kind of person who I want everyone to be on the same page you know and I want to give everybody the best work and I want the director and the engineer to be happy you know yeah with the final result of any take that we're doing. But there are times where like we might do something 
And, you know, the director's like, cool, moving on, you know, and I still may want to do something. And like, yeah, you know, it's a matter of like, I don't want to waste anybody else's time. And, you know, but it's there's a graciousness that they will have to let me do one more, even though even if they might not use it, you know, just, for you know, like. (laughs) And and that kind of stuff has been a really like a really cool thing to experience. And I really, really am, am grateful for it because I know that it's not like you know, everybody's got to do a job and everybody has mm-hmm. a, a way of approaching it. And it's like, I don't want to be the guy who throws the wrench in the gears, but sometimes you just like think you can do something better. You have a different approach app. Sometimes it's like, because of, especially with dubbing, it's like, you're doing everything and seeing everything for the first time. It's all just yeah, watch it, emote, feel it, you know, like react. And, you know, sometimes it's like, you'll do a take and say a line. And then you're like, now I know how I actually have to say it, you know, like, and you'd be like, give me one more take because now I know what I actually want to like say behind the words, you know, do you ever take that home with you? Like wake up in the middle of the night, like, Oh damn it. I should have, I could have said that better. <laughs> oh my God. That is every, you try. <laughs> yes. The short answer is every, every creative person, I think, I mean, I'm sure you guys do that with, with anything, right. It's like, it's a thing where you're always second guessing stuff that you care about, I think, yeah. right? When you're passionate about something and you, and especially when you know that other people are going to experience, which is still very new to me on this scale. You know, I, yeah. I was in bands and stuff for years and I've done things, you know, plenty in the public eye and had, you know, the feedback and all that stuff. But to know that it's now, you know, these are things that are being watched by people all over and, it's part of a culture that I grew up in loving and understanding what it means to me when I watch these yeah. things and I want also, to deliver. It's a different sort of like worship that happens with these, uh, with anime and stuff like uh, mm. people really, really treasure their anime. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. They do. They, <laughs> they do music, but having, you know, also recorded, you know, EPs and albums. It's like for, for this, for this podcast, if, if I don't like something, I have, I have final control. I can, I can go and edit the crap out of it and make him look like an idiot, make me look like a genius. And then hey, I'm it. the one who, who cuts the <laughs> interviews. All right. With, yeah, and there's always yeah final cut. There's a director's <laughs> cut somewhere with, with recording music. You're often not the sound engineer and right. you have some influence, but you're also paying a lot of the times for your own time. Right. For session like, time. Right. Do I really need to do that other take? Do I really need to, to do we need to do this again? And right. I think yeah. the, last, the last EP I did, we did as a group instead of going one at a time. Right, right. You did, which, which I've always liked more because you can always yeah. do overdubs of like, oh, this lead part or this other thing. Yeah. But like get the raw materials all in a live yeah, like it, it sounds more live. Did um, you play the click track together or did you guys just play it just off no, the drummer? No, we went off the drum. We, I have a very good drummer now. Um, and who just like it, yeah, there's no like, yeah, 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 I, yeah. and we we've done it in the past to click tracks and we tried it out. It can come out stale sometimes depending on, yeah, totally. Yeah. Plus, like, I, I always grew up, I, I love imperfection in music. Oh, like, me too. Yeah, that's, the 60s that's and 70s, perfect. and absolutely. Mm-hmm. That yeah. room tone and that, yeah, dude, all for yeah. it. And if it's too washed out, too clean, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. Give me we- the string slides. <laughs> give me the little, yeah, yeah, you know, all the stuff, missed all notes the stuff. here and there. I, I love, I, I love, I mean, even it's funny because like there are, you know, Beatles songs, Led Zeppelin songs, classic, classic rock songs that yeah. you can point out and be like, they slowed down there. Like this part's a, you know, like there, there's so many chunks, but like the, it's, it's alive, you know, and yeah. that is what speaks to us. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, I think um, when when I do vocals for anything, I'm much more paranoid about how stuff's coming out. Like even even doing a podcast, I'll hear like, "Why did I put that much space between these two words?" It, it sounds like I'm, <laughs> I, I I sound like a robot talking, and Dude, it's, it's it's hard. <laughs> I I think I just don't like my own voice. Nobody and... <laughs> likes their voice. Thank you. Thank Nobody you. likes I'm their trying voice. Trying to get that out of people. I, I yeah. Just, and a lot of I, people I, just wanted. I mean, I mean, look, I shouldn't. Say, I'm sure there are some people who like their own voice, but I've never liked my own voice. It's the it's the you know, it's like hearing yourself on an answering machine and being like, ah, you know, it's, it's just that thing. <laughs> there's there's definitely like there's a way to become objective with it. Like I've found that with voice acting, I can it, the scrutiny comes during the, the recording process yeah. and during like but afterwards when it's done, you know, and I've let go of like, could I do this? Could I do that? You know, because you're, you're watching it with everybody else's collective work. So it's like right. at that point, I'm not just watching for me, you know, like, cause that, mm-hmm. at that point, it's just like gross and egotistical and pointless, you know, I might, I might as well not watch it. You know, I like watching the finished product. Cause you get to see that's where like the elements of being in a band come back to me because it feels like, you know, you're recording with other people and you're having a dialogue during the session, you know, and then when the thing comes out, it's like getting to listen to the record, you know, and it's so cool when you get to see everybody's parts because oftentimes, you know, especially with dubbing, depending on the schedule, like you're not always working off of everybody else's performances. You know, you may be you working could be the off first of, person. Yeah. Or you just may be, depending on how, who's in the scene and with what, sometimes you get this person, they recorded this person, but not this person to this or that. So it's like, you're not always getting to just work off of like your co-stars really. And until you see the end product, you don't see the whole thing and that's where the director really is the you know star of the show in the sense of they have to corral everybody's performance and curate and be aware of everybody's performance so that they line up with what everyone else is doing and and you know level out all that stuff because you're not in the same space at the same time and you're not doing it at the same time and you're not getting to live react so there is an, like an impressive uh, an, an impressive gymnastic kind of thing that has to be done with like curating performances, you know, and that all comes from a director because every actor is going to, you know, even with the material that is dictating, you know, you're watching an anime, like the artwork's there. It's telling you what the performance is doing, Yeah, but you can still as an actor have free reign to make emotional choices within that context, you know, and like there are highs and lows and ins and outs and all kinds of things where like you may approach it one way. Cause you're like, this is what I'm, you know, feeling or seeing it needs to be. And the director may know that, hey, like in context of everything else, it has to be green instead of purple, you know, or whatever right. it is, you mm-hmm. know. So getting I into- I that's kind of abstract. But. Oh, no, <laughs> no. We're, we've, we've talked about like abstract with recording, especially music before, but, you know, with all the music talk, I, I have to know, like what's, what's some of the major influences for you? Do you oh, have- man. Yeah, uh, that one's hardest to pin down. It's so hard, but you know, I, I mean, it's that thing. Obviously, the Beatles were massive for for all of us as kids. I my my favorite though, like all time favorite singer, uh, Sam Cooke. He oh, was nice my guy. Yeah. yeah. Lately, it's funny. I really like a lot of like m- music that is more instrumental. You know, that okay. is just kind of like atmospheric that I don't have to focus in on the lyrics. Yeah. But growing up, I was all about all about lyrics and it was everything from crazy hardcore stuff to like 
the early days of like like Jimmy Eat World's clarity, you right. know, like uh, <laughs> you know, I think about like my, you know, there was not a time you could find me as a kid without a CD player attached to me, you know, and it was yeah, like definitely the culture of it, like skipping in every capacity all the time, and any no matter what you touched on it, I, you know? I think I, <laughs> I I based my which pants I bought based on if I could fit fit your CD. Pl- oh, absolutely, that's right. That's right. You know, if the pockets were small, it wasn't going to work. Sorry, Ma. Absolutely. And you had to walk like super straight so it wouldn't wobble the CD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I was. What are you doing? I'm listening to music. Cargo <laughs> pants in general were like a thing as a kid because you're like, oh, how yeah. many? Like, I'm always going to need more pockets for stuff. You know? <laughs> but yeah, Plus, it's crazy. Music, music evolved so much so quickly. I mean, I remember one of like you know like the first time like mars volta came out like i already knew you know at the drive-in and all that stuff and like yeah yeah. but you know the first time you heard something like the first mars volta record and like 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 you're just like nobody knows how to like explain it you know even still (laughs) you go back and listen that you're like this is a this is just madness that opened up my eyes a lot to more kind of like avant-garde stuff you know Mm -hmm. um because at that point i was like still in high school and you know, I, I, I love jazz and classical and um, really kind of anything to me, it's, it's more, I don't think too much about like who's making it or any of that kind of context. It's, it's very much like an emotional response for me where it's yep. like, if what it does doesn't it like invoke. Yeah. If it doesn't me. resonate with me on a level that like, like takes me somewhere, I'm just, it's not a matter of anything taste or this or that. It's just, it, you know, it flies or it doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's like, I, I've learned to let go of, you know, because as, as a kid, you're always like, I like this, but I don't like this. Or like, this is what I associate with, or this is my aesthetic, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I've, I've learned to just like finally let all of that go. And it's like, you know, whatever it is, do, does it affect me? I dig it. One of, the, one of the things we talked about earlier, and, you know, I've managed to uh, catch a few of your streams, you know, with video games. Oh, right on. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Early days on this stuff. Oh, yeah. Video games. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy video games, but I understand my limitations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, I'm 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 the big gamer between the two of us, and like you know, I I do stream. You, you we talked earlier about enjoying media that tells stories. There's a reason I love RPGs, and you know, do you do you have a specific favorite genre, and within that genre, a favorite Ooh. game? I I'm a big RPG guy too, um, and I'm also I'm. It's so weird because it's really not a genre, but I I love I just love the like indie revolution that's kind of happened over the oh, last yeah. few years. Oh yeah, it's been about that all incredible. The time. We do, we it's do. Great. Yeah, I saw you playing. Uh, what was it Hollow Knight? Well, that that is day. easily. I mean, like I I have you know a, a small list of like the god tiers for me that have just you know like Zelda's up there. There's a few that oh, are yeah. like you know in my heart yeah. forever, but I I first played through hollow Knight and beat it about two years two and a half years ago or something and by the time i was finished with it i was like well this is the most extraordinary thing i've ever experienced like in every way so that is hands down my favorite game i just think it is uh, and i I love metroidvania style kind of things that that sense of like exploration and storytelling through the abstract and the mm-hmm. the kind of the upgrade system I, I love progression in any way where it's like it doesn't have to be a story that is full of dialogue or you know people telling it at you but I need a story and a, and a character to be to be developed 
through the process and like mm-hmm. yeah. getting ways to like, oh, now I can traverse here because I did this and got, you know, like, and, and finding secret things and that, oh, yeah. that breath of the wild kind of like, you know, <laughs> oh, that's such Susan. a good game. So what, what's besides, of course, uh, you know, Hollow Knight, now you're getting into Dark Souls. Uh, what's like a favorite game of your childhood? Like you said, you played Super Nintendo and. Oh yeah. I love, so I loved, I mean, the classics, obviously, uh, you know, Super Mario Brothers three was my personal jam. That, that um, was, yeah, out of the, you the know, best of the. Oh yeah, introducing that, that, the raccoon tail. And, the raccoon tail, the whistles. Uh, yeah. just the music was amazing. It was you know just the 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 pixels were slightly upgraded. Everything was just a little <laughs> bit tighter, a little more color. Um, yeah, uh, I loved that game. I loved. There was a Tiny Toons game. Yeah. That was amazing that one. on Nintendo. My son for Christmas got this like 500 games in one little, it looks like a Game Boy. Like Raspberry Pi kind of thing. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all uh, Super Nintendo and Nintendo games. And it has the that, like that game. And Darkwing Duck and yeah, Chip the, and the Nails. Batman and the, <laughs> yeah. Dude, those games were amazing. And they were all so difficult you know like oh my goodness trying to go back and play some of the old games well i because i never beat ninja gaiden as a kid big surprise it's impossible (laughs) Um, what i never so (laughs) yeah uh when when they released it on the switch you know in the um in the the eShop section oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) you can you can do the saves you know where it's like you can just save the save state at any point you know the rewind so (laughs) i got myself through that game because i was like i i have to in my lifetime beat ninja gaiden (laughs) so because i never got past like level four or whatever you know and i was like i have to do this so i i beat it after like saving and stopping and saving and stopping and like finding ways to you know (laughs) <laughs> get through it because games were just so incredibly punishing then and uh you know all games were dark souls back then i think well, yeah well i mean in a lot of those games you fail a mission or you get run out of lives that's it like, you start over, the entire yeah. game well, like someone did you see the video of the girl who played recently she she played for the first time the lion king game Oh, oh no, I haven't seen the video, but uh, I can only imagine. Yeah, it's, you know, everybody knows. And it's really funny because it was like, you know, some girl was streaming it and it was, she was at the level that everybody knows is notorious. It was the zebra, you know, or the giraffes when you're jumping on the giraffe heads the giraffe. And, and, and you can't make it across, mm, you know, you got to roar at the monkeys and it's all the, yeah, all the things and like, and, and the, the controls of that game are garbage no matter what. Oh yeah. So I think that was the, I just can't wait to be king level. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, it's supposed to be fun and you're just stressed the whole time dying like 10 <laughs> seconds in. And it's so funny because like you see her, you know, like lose and she's like, okay. And then it's like, you know, game over. And she's like, game over. And then it's like, you know, like it, it's just like, well, what do you mean game over? And then it like, goes to the opening title. She's like, what do you mean game over? You know, like, it was like, this, like you could like feel the weight, like, you know, uh, it, it, just, it just piles on like. I have to do that again. Yeah. That, that's oh, why man. games like the Super Mario 3 or the Donkey Kongs where you could stock up on lives. Oh, I'd spend the first hour just getting to like. Oh, yeah. Just collecting. Lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing. I mean, you know, it's it's it, the Contra code was revolutionary, right? Like the 30 live code was the mm-hmm. like, well, if you if you're going to play that game, you have to put it in the code because yeah. You're not getting through otherwise. <laughs> yeah, you're not even going to get past the first level. 
That's another one they have on that little system. Contra, Contra 2. They have the mm-hmm. Tiny Toons and Tiny Toons 2 Adventures. Dude, that's a banger. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> he didn't play it. He didn't play it that first day. I I, I was playing it as a you can go away. Right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. You get this like, later. You're like, Dad has to test it out, make sure it all works. Every single yeah. game. I just want to go through all the games so I can tell yeah. you which ones are worth it. Okay. Yeah. And I have to complete them all. So give me a couple of months. <laughs> oh man talking about that reminded me i uh you know with rpgs a what what was it last year you know with everything going on i was like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna play through every final fantasy game uh, yeah. every numbered final fantasy game yeah, i've that, got how'd that work out for you i played how far did you get uh i played through five and then As i got f- you got through five of them yes uh wow. and i literally played them like back to back that's all i played for and when did you start a this? couple uh, oh man it was sometime in the summer last year i think that is um, impressive and i got through five of them and you know i streamed it and everything and i got i'm getting a little through six and everybody's like oh six is one of my favorites and i'm getting through it and i'm just like i can't guys i can't do this anymore i need to play something else <laughs> i'm starting to dream final fantasy it's well it's like what we were talking about before it's like it gets to a point where like you don't even enjoy it because Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just so much of the same thing that you're like it doesn't like the feeling almost like it's washed out and it's like you have to come back to it to like that that mm -hmm. groundhog's day yeah and and now here Uh, i am 70 hours into bravely default 2 on the switch which ah, is nice i heard it's good oh, it's fantastic i loved the first one the second one was good it wasn't as good as the first but the the third one is well third it's bravely default right you gotta yeah, love it's very system. confusing yeah um but i i absolutely love it the story is super fun i'm through chapter four and i guess there's like seven or eight chapters Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm like halfway through the game and I'm 70 hours in. And did you play one of my favorites? Was a uh, Octopath Traveler. So that's one I still haven't finished all the way through, only because uh-huh. I'm playing through every single yeah, story. Oh yeah, I did the same thing. Uh, so I did all the class systems and the secret ones. Oh and man, there's I just so blown, much man. to do. And it's it was that was game. another one where I was like, okay, I got to take a break. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know? it's big. It's a big game. Getting back a little more into some of the the acting, well, not even just acting, one of our favorite questions to ask is, are there any like funny or weird on-the-job moments that really stick out to you? So it could be like in the booth, it could be it could be when you were playing music. You like those funny stories. Oh man. There's <laughs> I mean like there's like so as far as like music, there's so many crazy tour stories from back in the yeah. day. Oh, I bet. It's like <laughs> over the top. Uh, but I think like a nice like quick short thing that was always funny to me is um specifically with like playing live shows. I I always loved having older gear, you know, from like the 60s and 70s, you know, my guitars and and the, the tube amps and stuff. Yeah. So, um quite often these venues and stuff and the combination of everything you're plugging in, like the grounding on a lot of these things was not ideal. So the amount of times that I would put my mouth on a microphone and get shocked Shocked. in the face (laughs) while trying to sing in front of people and be like, you know, like and have like a visceral reaction and try and stay in the, you know, the verse uh, happened enough times to, to laugh about for sure. With acting, less funny stories only because the, I think the funniest story is the fact that like 99% of my career has been from home. 
you know, <laughs> it's pretty crazy because so much of like, like the first, I would say, you know, two years or so, I, you know, nobody knew who I was publicly. I was working, you know, all the stuff that started to come out, I had already been working on for a while, but nobody knew I existed except for the studios and, you know, the people I was actually yeah. doing stuff with. Mm-hmm. I didn't even get Twitter until 2018. I, I you know, oh, wow. I was very, yeah, very kind of like, I don't, yeah. I don't even know how to, you know. And so for me, it was, it was kind of like, I had a good chunk of like working in studios and doing stuff in person. And then by the time, you know, I was able to start kind of like announcing things and hanging out and talking to people, it was like, guess what? Stay inside. Uh, um, <laughs> right. Like, Hey, so, guess what guys? I got an at home job. What are you yeah, doing? I'm an yeah. actor. Yeah. So <laughs> I love, yeah. As a voice actor, you can draw from a lot of different inspirations, but do have you drawn inspiration from any other voice actors or on-screen actors throughout your career? Is there anybody you sort of looked up to? I mean, I I genuinely admire all of my, even just contemporary peers. Like yeah. p- the people doing work right now are just amazing. I'm I'm very much one of those people like I'm inspired by good work in general whether it's you know it doesn't even have to be an actor it can yeah. you know be anybody who creates something can like you know gives me the juice but i've never been i've never been the kind of guy who like picks someone and is like i want to be like that person i've never i've never like stuck to like a person be like that's my like that's my goal right. you know i I look at people's careers and say like, that's a trajectory that I would like to, you know, like thing or these are things I'd like to approach. But like the thing that we like about any individual is their individuality. It's their, it's their soul. It's their, you know, whatever it is. And, and, you know, when it comes down to like giving a performance and, you know, being in the moment, like thinking about like, what would Daniel Day Lewis do? Isn't going to help me, you know, you know, I obsess over, like good craft, you know? So like in the moment I am like Philip Seymour Hoffman's one of my all time favorites. Like there are people that, you know, I will watch like, Oh my God, like the nuance and that, like I, I digest like the, uh, like I learned the lessons of like awareness and things like the little, the little things that I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, the processing of this or like, they're like, they're not taking this moment to be too big because they're taking it in this place. Or, you know, like it's those things that I'll learn from it. But I, I don't digest it in a way where I'm like, and this is from this school and this is from this person. I'm going to take a little bit of this. And like, it kind of just like, like anything you love, it's just like playing music. You can love certain bands, but you're never going to be able to replicate, even if you tried what they do. But, you know, you might, I mean, Bowie's the greatest example of any Bowie song is a hybrid of like whatever five, you know, bands (laughs) he was listening to at that time, because he just loved everything. And it was, it was so downloaded into his own personality. And I think that like, that's ultimately what it is. So like, like I could, I could, you know, hit off a list of everybody, you know, all the classics. If you're talking about anime, of course, Steve Bloom's in there. You know, if you're talking about Mel Blanc and the classics, of course, you know, there are, there are so many performances, but I, I really, I admire, anybody who really tries and, and digs their heels in. And every day, I mean, I see stuff every day from people's announcements, new things coming out. And like, even if I don't get to watch a show, I'll listen to a clip or something. And it just gets me so excited to go do my part because you hear how much everyone else is really like putting in the passion and it makes you want to, that in itself makes you want to push yourself even more. It's this really beautiful, like, I've never seen this as a competitive business, even though I know it is. Right. I see it as a 
a mutual challenge business where everyone is, is uh, my mentality is everyone is one upping each other in the sense of like, <laughs> now you kind of thing, you know, like, <laughs> well, in a, I, I see that, that a lot. On, on Twitter, especially, you know, because we follow so many different voice actors ranging, you know, and actors in general, ranging from people who have been in the business for 30, 40 years and people who mm -hmm. just started last year. And, you know, seeing like this big community come together. And I, I love seeing it. You know, there's so many times I'll see a post pop up and it'll be, hey, it was liked by Ryan. It's liked by Caitlin. It's yeah. liked by, you <laughs> know, people, like yeah. 30 th different people. And it's like, man, it, it really is the biggest close-knit family. As as a bit of a follow-up to the influence, uh, kind of, sort of, maybe not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> totally different so, question, unrelated. <laughs> getting into to voice acting and getting into this this career, do you remember like the first person you met or the first thing that happened that you truly f were like, wait, I'm part of this. I've, oh, I've made sure. it. For, well, I've made it, no. But, but <laughs> okay, you know, like, okay. like, like in the sense of, you know, like that, I don't know if there's ever like the, I've made it thing is I think a weird, uh, like, I know what you're saying, but I yeah. think it's a, it's like, it's hard for, for, um, I don't look at it that way. I don't look at like, at like any creative career as a, like, well, once I'm here, I'm the cool guy kind of thing, you know, like, okay. Well, like, plus if, if you feel well, like you've made it, you stop working. Yeah. Well, that's a big part of it. There is no such thing as making it because there's a, the, the reason you, you know, the reason I love acting is because the next project is always the new challenge. You know, it's yeah. the same reason mm -hmm. why what we talked about with songwriting, like the second I was done writing a song, I was already working on a different song that was a totally different kind of thing. And like, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm my brain kind of needs the next thing. But the first time, one of the first, you know, the real first time that I that I felt like I can, you know, I can do this. Someone sees me. Cause that was, that to me was more of a more important distinction and a more important thing, I think for anybody to, who's trying to, you know, create a career. Um, someone has to give you a shot, no matter mm -hmm. what, doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter whatever, you know? And in the beginning you are operating in this weird space where you are not, you are nothing to the world. You know, you do not exist and you have to find a way in somehow whether it's community theater or this or that or whatever. So I started, I was doing extra work. I was doing, I was on all the, I was paying for all the different casting websites and submitting myself to stuff. I was just doing everything, you know, operating as my own everything, you know, spending a few hours every day looking for submissions and auditions for things that I could, you know, put myself out for. And, you know, I, the first time that I actually like felt like, Oh, oh my God, really? Like I, I booked this, um, this live action dub, for a studio that I, I ended up working a ton with after that, but uh, it was it was really funny because I I had actually reached out to this this studio through email and uh, I had like sent them some of my work that I'd done and sent them you know a reel and just kind of like a pleasant you know this is me email. But anytime I I reach out to anybody in this industry at any point, I do so with the uh, full expectation of probably never hearing back. You know, <laughs> we, just we understand under, that. <laughs> yeah, just under the guise of like you know a million different reasons why you know. So I, it's always send without expectation. And so I had sent this thing out, and this one place in particular, uh, they it was a very strange occurrence where I got a phone call because I had like attached all my info and thing, and I got a phone call, you know, maybe like a week or something later, and it was this casting director and. She was really, really sweet. And she was basically like explaining to me 
that what I had sent them wasn't what they do. Cause it was like a, an animation, you know, kind of centric thing that I sent them. Cause it was yeah. the work that I've been doing and they were, they were doing primarily live action dubbing, which is a completely different approach of everything. And, and mm-hmm. so she was basically calling me to let me know, like, Hey, you know, this isn't what we do, but thank you for, you know, reaching out to us. And, you know, so I was fully just kind of like hearing her and just, you know, basically hearing it as like, you know, thanks, but like, you know, we're not, you know, we don't need your services kind of thing. Right. And so I was like, thank you so much. I'm so sorry. You know, like I, I didn't realize, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I really appreciate you taking the time to call me to even reach. Cause I mean, you know, most of the time people, even if they read, oh, you yeah. know, they don't, they can just not, they don't need to respond. Just, right. They don't need to delete, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and totally understandable. Like mm-hmm. there's no responsibility. They don't owe me anything. So I thought it was so, I was so taken aback by just being called to theoretically be rejected. I thought that was so charming, <laughs> you know? So I was like, thank you so much for, you know, for letting me know. Um, and there was like a pause on the phone and she was like, I like the sound of your talking voice. Come, come in for an audition. And oh wow, so, <laughs> I was like, okay. So uh, I went into the studio that was nearby and um, they were working on this project and it was the lead character in this live action dub for like a French show. And the character was like this kind of soft-spoken, you know, kind of sweet dude who like used to be a musician, like all these, like yeah. all these elements where I was like, I can, I can, I know this guy, like this is a stretch. <laughs> yeah. And, and they brought me into this, you know, this big studio room, with this giant screen and the microphone, it was like, you know, and the casting director was there and there was an engineer and director and there was like a producer. It was like, you know, four or five people in the room yeah. and they're all like behind me. And it was like this big thing. And they're like, okay, so like, you know, we're going to play the scene. You know, they basically, like, this is, you know, this is how we're going to do it. And it was like my first time, you know, dubbing a thing. So they were like, we're going to, we're going to play the scene. Here's what the dialogue is like. We'll give you a run through and then, you know, just, just go for it. Just kind of give us, you know, your take on it. It was like just a live audition. Yeah. So I, uh, I did a take just internally panicking, you know, and I just kind of <laughs> went for it and like, had no idea if anything I was doing was, you know, right. And, uh, <laughs> and I turned around and, and they were all just kind of like, okay, cool. You know, like they, they were vibing off it. And then she like gave me a little direction and was like, you know, tweak this X, Y, Z, whatever. And then yeah. they gave it to me again. And, you know, I, took the notes and ran with that. And then they were like, um, are you, all right. Are you, uh, are you available for like, you know, this week to this week, are you around? I was like, yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, and they're like, cool. Well, if, uh, if we end up needing you, we'll let you know. Thank you so much. And I was like, thank you for having me. And then like two days later, they called me and told me that I, I booked it. And it was just one of those things where even in the room, even I knew then, like, even if I didn't book it, yeah. these people were taking their time out to give me, this time and this opportunity to even just like understand how this works, like even for them to like get me through the process and whether or not they liked me or not was, was I thought so that was powerful to me. And it it gave me a sense of confidence because so much of what I was doing before that was auditioning on a crummy USB mic in front of my computer, kind of like this, like no atmosphere, like totally in a vacuum to myself. And, you know, (laughs) getting no feedback, not understanding, you know, and, and, you know, otherwise I was doing acting outside of that, but it was, it was so much of it was in a vacuum and to be brought into a place where people, I could vibe off of people's energy and hear their words and respond to them and, and get that. I was like, one, it felt like they saw me and two, the process was like instantly addicting. I was yeah. like, Oh, I, this is it. Okay. Um, <laughs> So yeah, when they, when they cast me for that, that was the first time that I was like, I can do this. I can do this. Now that we've talked about 
a ton of different fandoms, ton of different works and worlds and everything. I, I have to ask, if you were to be stuck in a world video in game world. yeah in a world <laughs> so if you had to be stuck in a world video game tv show cartoon anime, anime whatever what would it be that is really tough i know the right answer so i'll tell you if you're wrong oh what's your answer <laughs> yeah please what's your answer me i it's it's a tough one because when i approach this question it's like well, if I'm into, like, I would love to be in the Star Wars universe, but am I stuck on Tatooine? Do I really want to be stuck on Tatooine for my entire <laughs> yeah, You're just literally well, yeah, some like, nobody. Is it, like, like, is it for the week? Is it for <laughs> all time? What's the, what are the parameters? It, it, isekai. Like, you get transported into this world, and okay. that's where you live the rest of your life. I, I would probably go Pokemon, because anybody, <laughs> any idiot can be a Pokemon master in the show. I've watched it. Like, you know what? Yeah. Honestly, that's a good call. It's also, like... <laughs> It's so wholesome that, like, even yeah, like if you're the homeless, worst case scenario, really yeah, everyone's happy even when they're mad. You know yeah. what? I'm taking your answer. <laughs> you're right. You're totally right. You're not supposed plus, to be like, a well, plus, I'm sorry. Well, well, you know what? Honestly, <laughs> what, we're, if, we're what like, if I'm what, what if I'm stuck in Hogwarts in Harry Potter, but I don't know magic? Like that would suck. Yeah. That well, would then be, you're just, just you're a, literally just, just living in England. Yeah, I think like, about then you're just living. Yeah, I think you're just an English person. Yeah. I, uh, you're just in Manchester. Um, no, Pokemon also the fact that like you literally have all these amazing critters that are your friends that like you get to hang out with and stuff. So like, yeah, and people rarely sure. die. I've seen the show. People rarely die. Do people ever die? <laughs> I mean, I, I Has anyone think, died in Pokemon. I, I, think, I think a couple Pokemon died. Yeah. No. Uh, but they got brought back to life once. Um, yeah. It's like fatigued. <laughs> They're just sleepy. <laughs> well, it, well, it's been a pleasure. It, it has Thank been. You. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, Honestly, uh, at this point, we're just kind of starting to feel bad for taking up so much of your time. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I, I I appreciate you guys reaching out, and and truly, it's it's so like I still feel very, very new, you know, to this whole industry, and right, and anybody, you know, you guys reaching out to me and and wanting to connect more and and you know help just share all of this stuff yeah. it, and yeah. and for our whole community and industry like it it really does mean a lot you know to all of us so it is genuinely appreciated guys getting to know you has been fun man uh, uh pleasure same to see i i saw uh i think you, it looks like you're gonna have a lot of work coming up your there's way. some cool stuff yeah it's it's one of those weird things where everything i've been doing recently seems like it's probably all going to come out closer to the same time than not, which is yeah. odd because <laughs> it's going to just be like, oh, sorry. So <laughs> That's fine. That's I fine. hope you enjoy it, but I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being awesome and just, just supporting me and supporting all of us. And this podcast is rad. So yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Thank, well, you thank you guys. We we'll really appreciate it, man. I'll continue to comment silly, uh, silly gifts and stuff on your Twitter <laughs> posts. <laughs> Much appreciated. Much appreciated friends. Stay safe. And to a future where we can see each other in person one day. Absolutely. Right. Hope to see you Absolutely. at the convention sometime. Awesome. That would be real cool. All right, man. Take it easy. Cheers, y'all. Take care. See you. Talk to you later. Man, what an interview. I know I say this. Almost every time, but one of the nicest fucking dudes. Like everybody I've, I've we've talked, talked to, to has just been incredibly nice, incredibly generous yeah. with their time. Yeah. And it, it was just 
just overall an incredible experience. And, you know, he's yeah. up and coming. He he's he's not somebody who's got 30 years under his belt and everything, but man, he has really stepped up and just the amount of work that he's getting into. I, I was just saying to to Felix, like I I didn't realize how many live action dubs he's done. So he's done a lot of like yeah. live action TV shows and movies that he's dubbed for, which and is I, and I watch a lot of those crazy. And so <laughs> I, I've been hearing him and not even knowing it was him. Yeah, but <laughs> it's it's really interesting. The the three of us had had very different childhoods, but came to a very similar appreciation for these arts and, and everything we talked about. Oh yeah, and. and I mean, to be fair, just about everybody grew up digging in rocks and, you know. Right. <laughs> but not everybody, not everybody's parents were cool with it. So that's the difference. That's fair. That's fair. So we had varying levels of punishments between the three of us, probably. And he was so cool. Just talking to him was like talking to an old friend, you know. It really was. It, it really, so really was. That that could have gone on. Well, actually, at the time, that was our longest interview ever. I mean, we sat down with him for two hours. If you subscribe to the Patreon, you'll you'll hear a two hour long interview, and, and it's really, really cool. The things we get into and, and the conversations we have, uh, uh, philosophically, also outside oh, yeah. of what we yeah, there was quite a uh, bit showed now or played now it's it's getting harder and harder you know i i've always tried to keep to our 30 to 45 minutes for the the int interviews right, right. to keep as close to our normal podcast time as we can but man our guests are making it harder and harder yeah <laughs> yeah very making cool. it harder and harder very cool interviews that we've done very cool interviews coming out soon you can reach out let us know what you think with on our facebook instagram twitter youtube gmail to dep 2020 at gmail.com and uh find ryan levy uh ryan colt levy on his social medias because he's a very cool person very down to earth and, and most of these uh he is most very, of the voice actors he is very very active yeah. on twitter and instagram so if you want to check out what he's up to what new stuff is coming out for him it's it's crazy how much he's really getting into and i love it i love it and and a lot of the voice actors especially during these limited travel times uh, it's their way of connecting to the fans the way they normally would at a con so so go ahead and reach out follow uh continue to follow his story and the story of everybody else we we interview and check out the full interviews on patreon don't forget to like uh, review rate subscribe whatever you do on social medias because i i don't i don't know what you actually do on social medias no nope. uh, social media is all me to that information <laughs> he actually he keeps me in a closet th this closet right here and he only lets me out right before yep. the podcast he's actually in my basement right now it's yeah. uh yes th this is his basement um mm -hmm. this that's not my stuff that's that's his stuff. I just pretend like it is. For, I, for I let him keep the guitar. I let him keep the guitar because he serenades me from time to time. But yeah, other than that, it's it's well, all it's, mine. it's very uncomfortable because it's only like a, a three foot closet. Plus, you make me be in there with the guitar and, and no clothes on. It, just, it takes up a lot of space. Yep. You know? All right, guys. But, but as you always, drop, you drop gushers down the tube, though. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. As always, like guys. Gushers. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. We love you all. <laughs>